Hey there, my five faithful listeners and anyone who randomly stumbled upon this episode. My name is Lydia, and this is the Lydia Todd Pod. It's probably not a good idea to start a podcast because your last name rhymes with pod, but I'm here anyways. From spontaneous trips to special guests to deep spiritual conversations and everything in between, expect inspiration, stories, and plenty of laughter. Grab a glass of milk, settle in, and let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Lydia Todd Pod. I am excited to dive into another faith topic. And before we get into that, I just want to share with you some things that happened the last couple days. A couple days ago, I was home. I do live with a flatmate, but occasionally I'll be gone or she'll be gone. And this was on the occasion that she was gone. And I mean, as a female, I don't like being alone in a flat or a house by myself at night, but I was going to be fine. I wasn't worried about it until it was, I don't even know, like midnight and I was upstairs about to go to bed and I heard some noises and I was like, this is it. This is, this is the end for me. (laughs) When I messaged Kaylee about it, she was like, Lydia, maybe, maybe not. Are you sure? And I was like, I don't know, probably not. So I went to bed and I was about to go to sleep. And then I heard some noises. At first I was like, it's probably just the rain or something because sometimes when the rain or wind hits our house, it sounds really loud. But this time it was definitely a sound that humans make. I mean, it was like a scratching on the floor, like a I don't even know how to mimic it other than if I got on the floor right now and scratched the floor. I was like, man, there was a person in my house and I don't know what to do. Should I just stay here? Should I just accept this? And (laughs) I don't know. I, you know, said a prayer. Then I went downstairs. Well, before I went downstairs, I messaged our little posse group of our neighbors and was like, is there a possibility that there's an intruder just just wondering, just curious. And so one of the neighbors, she graciously was like, hey, I can come over and check. Let me check my security cam outside. So she walked over. Uh, so grateful we have good neighbors. And I'm on the phone with Kaylee, whispering to her, being like, man, what if this is it for me? If I walk downstairs and there's a person, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I come downstairs. I let our neighbor in. And then I come and I check. And we check everything there's no one here. I was just so paranoid. And I realized later, so I ended up sleeping downstairs because I was like, what if, what if the person was upstairs and, and they're still up there? I don't know what I was thinking. Paranoia will get you, man. Fear is just, ugh. We'll have episodes on fear later, but man, I hadn't felt something like that in a while. So the neighbors next door moved out a couple months ago, but there are new tenants now and there's one lady that moved in and I knew she was there but apparently she had three sons that were also moving in with her that I didn't know about and so whenever I heard a man coughing and I heard footsteps and everything it was actually just our neighbors being really loud at like 3 a.m. Don't know why they were up moving around and making noises at 3 a.m., but they were. And I heard them all because these walls are so thin. I have never been in a more cramped city than London. I'm sure that there are more cramped places, but they have terraced houses here where it's like a row of houses and all of your 
walls are connected so there's only like one wall it's practically like we're in different rooms in the same house but we all have different front doors it's uh kind of weird but i definitely had a little fright the other night and i wrote a song about it so if you uh want to hear my song about paranoia go check it out on instagram or tiktok have a good laugh because you know you know what inspired those lyrics <laughs> also i forgot last episode on my music episode to do what I said I was going to do every episode and I'm two music episodes in and I've already failed but the song suggestion for last episode I'm glad I forgot because a song came out like two days later and I'm in love with it so I have to share it it's not a new song but it's a new cover of an old song and so if you know about Jacob Collier he writes a lot of interesting musical arrangements and he did a cover of Bridge Over Troubled Water with Tori Kelly and I think John Legend and it's on his new album. You should go check that song out because Tori's riffs are out of this world. I don't know how she sings the way that she does. They're so good. So that was my song suggestion for last week. Today we are going to talk about purpose. This is a topic that I have had many conversations about recently. As many of you know, I am currently a missionary in London, and I'm also a student and many other things, but my primary work role right now is ministry. So a lot of the conversations that I've had with people have had to do with purpose of life, purpose in religion, purpose from the Bible, and stuff like that. And whether or not you believe in the Bible, I think it's an important thing to talk about purpose because ultimately we either have a purpose or we don't. And if we have one, then we should try to figure out what it is. And if we don't have one, then a lot of the things that we do in life are, I mean, not a lot of the things. Everything that we do in life is pointless if there's no purpose. It's just arbitrary. We don't have anything to look forward to or to make goals for. And even if you're not religious at all, I think most of you will agree that you envision some kind of purpose for your life or you seek some kind of purpose even if you don't know what it is. I have been there where I've been seeking purpose but didn't know what it was yet and that's what led me down the rabbit hole of making this lesson. If you have ever wondered what is my purpose or you just want a reminder then this episode is for you. Personally I have asked myself a lot of these questions and I did the research, I did the digging to find the deep answers and I wanted to make a place where other girls could also find the answers to these questions or discuss the topics of faith, religion, purpose. Last week we talked about truth and that is foundational for this because we can't have a discussion that's fruitful if we can't agree on the elements of truth seeking and what truth is. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would go back to, I think it was two weeks ago, and listen to the I Can't Handle the Truth episode. So first, us living and breathing here on earth is statistically impossible. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm not a scientist or the person who does all the mathematical research, but I have read about it from a couple different people. And one way that it was described was there are 
trillions of planets that exist throughout the known universe, there might be some places in the universe where life could potentially be sustainable. And so imagine that between us as intelligent human beings, where we are now, and the most minuscule, like smallest, simple form of bacteria that exists, that are that we can imagine existing. So imagine that between us and the bacteria, there's only 100 steps in between us and it of evolution or changes that would have to happen. There are likely millions. I mean, this is being very generous, but imagine there were only 100 steps in between the very simplest bacteria and us as intelligent human beings. And then imagine that each of those steps had a probability of 10% chance of happening. There's 100 steps, and from step 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, all the way to 99 to 100, each of those had a 10% chance of occurring. And that's also being pretty generous because it's probably an infinitesimally small percentage, but we'll, we'll give it 10%. That, I feel like that's pretty, pretty generous. So, step 1 to 2, 2 to 3, or whatever. So, first you have... 1 to 2, 10% chance of happening. And then, since it was only a 10% chance happening to get to step 2, but you still have to get to step 100, then 2 to 3 would be another 10%, so you'd multiply the 10% by 1 in 10. And you would do that 100 times. So to get from that bacteria to us, and this is with very generous numbers, it would end up being 10 to the power of 100, so what we have is 10% to the power of 100, which is 1 in 10, followed by 100 zeros, which is a really, 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 really small number. In other words, the probability of us arising as intelligent human beings, the, the probability of us being here and living and breathing on Earth is infinitesimally small, so much so that it's statistically improbable. If that's the case, then our existence is defying all odds of chance. Like, may the odds be ever in your favor, Hunger Games style, but times a trillion. We are here, and there is no reason, logical reason, why we should exist, but we do. We shouldn't be here, but we are. So either we're here with no purpose, and have somehow defied all odds of existence, or we were intended to be here for a purpose. Those are the options. If we were intended to be here, then there's some kind of purpose behind that. Purpose is what guides our life decisions. It's why we wake up in the morning, why we make effort at work or at school. It's why we set goals. It's why we have values. So the question that I'm asking you guys and that I've asked myself is, what is the purpose of life? And is there meaning to life at all? If there is no meaning, no purpose to life, no reason for it all, if we're just here by chance or by random selection, if we were born merely because of the random processes of life just to survive, reproduce, and die, then nothing is absolute. We talked about absolute truth and stuff a couple weeks ago, but nothing would be absolute because there would be no outer sense of right. There would be no guidance as to what we should or shouldn't do. There wouldn't be value in anything other than what we arbitrarily gave it. So from 
this point forward, there's no sense in us asking what is the purpose of life unless we agree that it has to have an answer. If you don't think that there is a purpose to life at all, if you don't think that there's any reason for us to be here, then I guess the rest of what I'm saying won't matter to you because ultimately you either think that there is a purpose or you don't. I can't change your mind on that, but I do hope that you'll listen and hear me out on why I think we do have one and what I think it is. If we agree that this question is worth answering, we have to agree that not every answer could be right. For some answers, or for even one answer to be true, it would necessitate that any answers that contradict that answer would be false. So if we're saying that we're looking for a purpose and that there is at least one, if not multiple purposes, any purpose that we end up finding is going to be one that might have opposite answers and those opposite answers can't be true at the same time as the actual purpose. If you're listening, I am going to describe something but it might be better if you pull it up to look at it. So if you google the Mona Lisa painting, I want you to picture it. If you don't look it up, that's fine. You probably know what it looks like. Picture it in your mind. So imagine that you painted this painting. If you painted it, it's a pretty beautiful piece. Personally, I don't think it's all that spectacular, but it has at least gained a lot of popularity over the years because of its maker. For this painting or any other painting, who gets to decide the purpose of the painting? If I look at it, if I look at the Mona Lisa hundreds of years after it's made and I guess the purpose that it has, does that make my guess correct? Do I just automatically get to say, I think that this painting has this purpose because blah 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 and because I think that it must be right. That is not how we determine purpose. Purpose is found and is given by the person who creates or makes the item. A painter would get to decide what the purpose of the painting was, why he painted it, what he painted it for, or what she painted it for. The Mona Lisa if you look at it, you could assume a lot of things. You could say, mm, I think that this was painted because the artist really had a crush on this girl and he just wanted to paint her so that he could have something for his room. You could say, I think that he painted it for the purpose of showing off his artistic ability to all the other artists in the land. But neither of those are correct. Those could be great guesses, but that's not why. When you look at why Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa, he was actually commissioned to do it for the birth of Lisa's new son. She wanted a new portrait so that she could, I guess, commemorate her new son's birth by a self-portrait. That's kind of odd now that I'm thinking about it. Like, hey, I'm having a kid, so can you paint a picture of me for me? <laughs> but okay, Lisa, whatever you, whatever you want. The painter chose to paint it and gave the painting the purpose of depicting this mother before she gave birth to her second son and whatever purpose we make up for the painting we still don't get to choose what the painting was purpose for we can use the painting for other things that it wasn't designed for like i could use it to mop up a mess 
A lot of people would get really mad if I did that with the Mona Lisa, but I could do it, but I would not be using its intended purpose. Purpose is not something that we impose on something that already exists. We can make new uses for things, but purpose is given by the intentions of whatever created it. So we ask this question about what is our purpose? I mean, first we should analyze why do we want to know our purpose? Personally, I want or I went on the search originally to find my purpose because I wanted to know what I should do. Like I wanted to know my next step in life. If there was no purpose in life, then I would have been kind of stalemate in my decisions for college and life after college because I could choose any path and it wouldn't matter. It would be meaningless. But if there was some kind of better way or some kind of way that I should be pursuing, I wanted to know how to judge that, and I could only know what was best for me, like there could only be a best if I knew what my end goal was, and that is why I wanted to know my purpose. Your searching for purpose might be completely different. It might be for an assignment for school. It might be just because you're curious and you've heard friends talk about it and you want to hear different point of views. I'm not sure why you're looking for purpose, but that was why I started to research what purpose was. Normally, we find comfort in the fact that we're not alone. We are not the only ones asking when it comes to finding purpose. Here is a quote from the author of War and Peace. He says, My question, that which at the age of 50 brought me to the verge of suicide, was the simplest of questions, living in the soul of every man, a question without an answer to which one could not live, as I had found by experience. It was. What will come of what I am doing today or shall do tomorrow? What will come of my whole life? Is there any meaning in my life that the inevitable death awaiting me does not destroy? Leo Tolstoy wrote that this man, Tolstoy, he had wealth, he had success, he had fame, he had family. He should have had joy, right? I mean, those are the things that we associate with fulfillment and success and accomplishment and even purpose. But he didn't. At the end of the day, he felt that same internal tug of what's the point of all of this? He seemingly should have had it all, but he didn't. We, just like him, are also advanced, affluent, comfortable, and yet we possess this same question of what's the point? Where's the purpose in all of this? People nowadays are depressed they're medicated, they're directionless. I think a lot of this has to do with how often do we open up and have a, a real conversation about purpose? How often do we say like, hey, where are you headed in life? And is that end place that you're going to be where you want to be? If this life is all that there is, then everything is meaningless. Like death ends it all. After death, it's over. So whatever you do now, doesn't matter. I could die right now, it wouldn't matter. I could live a life where I do horrible things to other people and it wouldn't matter. I am appalled at the idea that someone could think that their life doesn't matter. It does. But if you don't believe that we have a purpose, then I don't know how you can value life in that way. There's no reason why you should or shouldn't be here or be doing any certain thing. 
fulfillment, purpose, it's got to go beyond the emptiness of sex and money and possessions and fame. What we are after, what we desire, is a real lasting purpose, not something that comes one day and is gone the next. And that's why people like Tolstoy are writing things like, hey, I was at the verge of suicide because this question I still had despite the fact of all my successes. Nietzsche, who is a really famous philosopher, I don't agree with everything that he says or has written, but one thing that he said was, those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. So if you have a reason, if you have a purpose, if you know why you're living, then whenever you get to a how, whenever you get to a, can I make this happen? Do I really want to go through this? Is, is it worth it? Is my life worth it? When you get to those hard questions, it won't be a question of, will I do it? It'll be a question of, how am I going to make this happen? Because I'm going to do it. It's worth it in the end. I am going to seek this because it matches with my purpose. If there is only matter, physical atoms and molecules, and there's no spiritual aspect of life, there's no mind, there's no soul, then life doesn't have a purpose. Because atoms and molecules don't make decisions. They just follow the code. They just follow happenstance or randomness. If you believe that we have the ability to make choices or that free will or that we can impact our future in any way, then that means you are relying on more than just the physical, that there's something more than just what we see. The next question is, do you believe in the absolute? If you think, yeah, I've got a purpose, but you don't believe in the absolute, it's really going to be hard to figure out what your purpose is. You might be searching your whole life and never come up with a purpose. For instance, is it evil to murder a toddler? Is it evil to rape a young woman? Is it evil to abuse the elderly? These things. If you think across the board, these things are wrong. If you think that every person on earth is under this same code, the same moral law of that is wrong, no matter the circumstance, then that is what I'm talking about when I say absolute. We have an example of society as a whole being faced with this question when the Nazis were put on trial. In the trial, some of the German soldiers were tried for all of the murdering that they did during the war. They cased it as crimes against humanity. This was tried by the United Nations. The basis of the charge was on the theory of a natural moral law. The prosecution's case was built upon the fact that there is a moral law to which even the government answers and that this higher natural law judges the laws of a nation. If you think the same that all of the United Nations came to for a conclusion, they called to a higher power, they called to a higher moral code in saying that even though legally the German soldiers didn't do anything wrong, that they were doing the right thing in the eyes of the German law and there was no international law that told them not to do what they were doing, even though they weren't breaking any law made by mankind. They said, there's a law that supersedes mankind's laws. That law is what they were charged on. If you agree with that, if you think, yeah, they did wrong, and it doesn't matter what 
they thought they did or whether or not their country's laws told them it was okay, it was wrong. If you think that, then that is applying an absolute moral code, something that is over all of mankind. Natural law says that there's a moral law that is a standard of good, which is what we would also call right, or evil, which is what we would also call wrong, that reaches to every single person on earth. So this means a person's genetics, their culture, their education, all of that does not determine good and evil. The natural moral law is a standard that every culture and every person can be judged by. So if you think that good and evil do exist, if you think, yeah, there are things that are absolutely wrong, or there are things that are absolutely good, if you think either of those things, then there has to be some kind of standard, some kind of moral code by which you measure them. Because, again, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, if everything is subjective, then wars are okay, laws of the land can be broken, there should be no consequences to things. And you can't force someone else to follow a certain moral code because in the end there, there wouldn't be one if everything is subjective. So if you don't think that there is any kind of moral code, if you don't think that we have a purpose or that there's anything more than the physical, you've got some challenging questions to answer when it comes to can you tell someone that what they did was wrong? Like, can you say that what the Germans did during the war were wrong? And I don't think that you have a right to say that something was wrong if you don't believe in the ability for there to be a moral code of right and wrong. That is something that reassured me that yes, we have purpose because if we have, which I think we absolutely do have a moral code that is so obvious to mankind everywhere, like we all recognize that certain things are wrong. If that moral code exists, then there is some kind of objective thing outside of us, something that is put in us that we all understand and that can kind of lead us to what our purpose is. Because if it shows us what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing, then maybe it can give us the direction of what we should be aiming towards at the end. In The Case for Faith by Peter Kreft, he said, if you are right in responding to these events, talking about the world wars or even like rape and murder and stuff, if you're right in responding to these events with outrage, that presupposes there really is a difference between good and evil. The fact that you're using the standard of good to judge evil, the fact that you're saying, quite frankly, that this horrible suffering isn't what ought to be, means that you have a notion of what ought to be, and that this notion corresponds to something real, and that there is, therefore, a reality called the supreme good. So he's saying that there is some kind of standard that is ultimately so good, we all recognize that murder is the opposite of good, so we see that there's some kind of standard, and if there's something that is good versus bad, there's something that is better or worse, the only way that you can compare things, contrast things, is if you have a standard or measure. So on both ends, there's an ultimate good and an ultimate evil, an ultimate bad. And he says that the supreme good is another name for what we as human beings call God. That might not be a term or a word that you enjoy or that you like to use or that you are even familiar with, but the supreme good 
if you if you do believe in a moral code then whenever you say yes there is a, a good that we strive for that we all have in us that standard of good the supreme good that we are trying to reach and hold ourselves to the only thing that could set such a standard is what most people mean when they say something like the term god our higher power our creator those terms might be scary for you if you haven't used them or they might hold a lot of baggage for you if you've heard people use them in not necessarily helpful ways but i am trying in the best way to represent those terms only in the way that they are meant to be in that god is right now all we've established is that this term is referring to some kind of supreme good some kind of thing that sets a standard for us and if there is something that sets a standard if there's some kind of moral code within us then i think it's safe to say that we do have a purpose that we were made for something and that what is in us is guiding us towards what is good and away from what is bad so that we can fulfill that purpose apart from god apart from a supreme good apart from a creator you have no purpose life cannot have a purpose if we are created then we're made for some reason and life does have a purpose i hope that this discussion on purpose has helped you consider some things maybe alternative views that you haven't considered before and if you don't believe you have a purpose i would love to chat with you more and figure out like how do you make decisions in life what does that mean for you setting goals and just going through motions of picking a job picking a spouse picking really a career or anything like how do you define your life without purpose and if you do think that we have a purpose, then you are in good company. And I am excited to talk more about this moral good, this, this good that we all know, but sometimes we don't understand. The thing that supersedes the laws of the land, the thing that almost all governments and peoples across time have recognized and tried to hold themselves to. I understand that some of you listening might not be fully behind the idea of there being a supreme good yet. I know you might not be to the point yet where you are ready to say, yes, there is a God. Yes, there is a creator. And I'm hoping that some of the future things that we talk about will help you in making that decision. But I also hope that you'll just stay open-minded and willing to explore evidence and consider your options before closing your mind to that. I want to end with a quote from one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, what a goat. He is so good. If you guys have watched or read The Chronicles of Narnia, fire. If you have read Mere Christianity or actually any of his other books, I've probably read close to 15 of his works and I love them all. Some of them are really deep and philosophically sophisticated and it takes me a long time to digest what I'm reading but it's so worth it because he was so wise oh okay if you can't tell I'm a C.S. Lewis stan and here's the quote 
all that we call human history. Money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empires, slavery. It's a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which makes him happy. The reason why it can never succeed is this. God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. And now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits are designed to feed on, and there is no other. Wow, what a man. I felt like that was relevant because CS is talking about how we always try to find our purpose in all of these random other side quests in life, but how none of them actually do fulfill us and bring us purpose. And that's why Leo Tolstoy was like, hey, I've tried all these things and it brought me nothing. If you want to read something that is really sad, then I would suggest the collection of, I guess I'll call it poetry. It's a book called Ecclesiastes and it is the POV of a king who wanted it all, tried it all, had it all, and still he was like, what's the point of all this? And he concludes with what he thinks he finds is the purpose in life, but I'll let you read that for yourself. If you have any questions about what we've discussed, or if you want to add some other POVs, or if you want me to cover something in the future that I just neglected to touch on, then please reach out. You can email me at thelydiastodd at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram or TikTok or X or threads or all the socials actually. And my website where you can find all of those is my link tree, which is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash lydiatodd. With that being said, I will see you next week on the Lydia Todd Pod. Time to drink my chocolate milk. As we wrap up this episode of the Lydia Todd Pod, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for you spending time with me. This really challenges my belief that I only have five consistent listeners. If you have any thoughts, topics, or questions you'd like me to explore further on future episodes, please reach out on one of my socials. I hope that our conversations have brought you inspiration and joy. If you have friends or family who might be interested in our conversations, don't hesitate to share the podcast with them.